Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Energy Captains. I'm super excited personally today because I got to introduce two of my favorite people on the planet. We have Lizzie Seedhouse with us, who is the Senior Vice President of Digital Emerging Technology and Strategy for USL or United Soccer Leagues. Lizzie, you'll have to tell us if that fits on a business card. Um, and then obviously my amazing co-host, uh, who is the other half of Energy Captains, Cam Lynch. Hey, Whitney and Lizzie, Energy Captains is back in the building. Lizzie, we are excited to have you. Oh, thank you. I'm excited to be here. And for the record, it fits on two business cards. Well, you deserve that. I mean, you're, you're pretty much a celebrity. And so you really shouldn't just be limited to one. Like you are someone who's deserving of two separate business cards. And when I'm, this is the first time I think uh, on the Energy Captains podcast, I'm, I've been able to say we have a football player and we have someone who works in the other kind of football. I'll take it. Well, like it's nice the to real, meet you. The real football. Yeah, the real Nice football. to meet you, you as well. <laughs> I know better. I know better. And I think a lot of people don't realize, um, so Cam, not originally from Tampa, but he's made Tampa his home and one of the people who's been able to realize like all that Tampa has to offer, especially from a sports perspective, I don't think a lot of people realize the USL is headquartered here. No, we're like the best kept secret of Tampa. And to be honest, until I worked here and uh, started working in sports, I didn't know either. You know, I'd, um, I, um, you know, I've made Florida my home and I've lived here for about 15 years now, but didn't know anything about the USL or, you know, just knew about the Rowdies, right? And, and that soccer team and didn't really understand that, that we were here. And, and yet we're right here by the airport. Well, I where, think- where was home before Florida? Oh, I'm, I'm originally from Sheffield, England um, and, and born and raised, uh, came over to St. Leo University, right, like 20 minutes north uh, to play soccer at age 18 and then ended up getting my master's degree uh, and started working here. And then before you knew it, I had like a wife, children, a house and all these like big commitments that kind of locked me in. (laughs) They just like snuck up on me, to be honest. Well, I I think it's clear that we, you know, need to debate who's the better athlete here. Yeah. (laughs) Clearly my resume of V2 women's soccer how it does comes. <laughs> ah, I don't, you know, we're not going to argue that today, Whitney. We're going to talk about uh, Lizzie's background today because that's where I want to get to, right? I've already put aside this, the playing sports, the competition thing. And Whitney, that's one thing about me, like competing now, I have to, I have to take, I have to look at it a little bit differently. You know what I mean? Because sometimes when I play cards, I get too competitive, right? Volleyball, I, I start kicking sand. I start so I've taken my competitiveness down a notch and focusing it on business. So yeah, I think uh, it's yeah. good to direct your energy that way, but it, competitiveness is in your DNA. My mom always kind of teases me because um, friends a few years ago taught me how to play Mahjong. And in one of the games, I had to put down a card and I knew if I put down that card, someone else is going to win. And I refused to do it. And my mom's like, all right, this is like a friendly Mahjong game. Like, there's no stakes, like it's not a contact sport, but like when you're competitive, you're competitive. Yeah, I love that. I think um, I was a defender in college. And so that last line of defense, so we talked about like taking your frustrations out on like the sand, right? Or throwing the cards, like he's used to kick people. <laughs> you know, like that was, that was my job. I was like this big sturdy defender that would come in and just, you know, break, break some ankles when I could. Do you oh, like- wow. Lizzie, do you feel like it's fate that you ended up playing college soccer in a city where there happened to be a soccer league headquarters? I think it worked out that way pretty nicely. I mean, I don't think I was ever going to leave Florida. 
Uh, I didn't really ever foresee working in sports. I really love working in technology a, a little bit more and love like the, the startup vibe. Um, and, and that's kind of my background. So I think it is fate totally right. Like just the fact that I happened to get my master's degree because there were no jobs around when I graduated college and then getting my master's degree, I like fortuitously met my, my now wife and then it just kind of all rolled into one. So I think it's, it's definitely like a, a kind of a destiny vibe for living in Tampa. I like it too. Whitney always uh, make sure that I know that she, like, I know that, Hey, Kim, you're not leaving here. So uh, it's funny because like my partner, she wants to move to LA and like, we're both from there. Whitney's like, I I'll make sure that you always come back here to Tampa. And I, I want to ask you this too. You mentioned that tech background, right? When did you realize like, Hey, I love soccer, but I love tech as well. When did that jump into your mind? Yeah, I think what I really love deep down is building things, right? Like I'm an entrepreneur. I love to make things and, and not like physically because I'm terrible at, at any sort of like home project, but I love building things and putting my name on it and building processes. And um, I kind of got that that vibe in my my graduate assistant job where they kind of created this new role for me in residence life where I was putting together all this marketing campaigns for recruitment and doing all this different stuff. And then my, my first job out of college was at a startup tech company. Uh, in, in an area called search engine optimization, which they don't teach you in, in college or anywhere. So you have to go, kind of go learn it yourself. And that was kind of like the, the first taste of it is like having to build your own website, right? And doing those sort of things from scratch with nobody helping, kind of like got bit by a bug and then like had to, to keep building things ever since then. And, and as Cam mentioned about, you know, my feelings on Tampa, I'm very subtle about it. I only tell him that he's going to die here and he can never <laughs> leave. So I think, you know, I really beat around the bush and I'm, you know, I, I think that it's, it, I'm not coming on too strong whatsoever. And even if you like die here, you're, you're probably going to get buried here at that point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly right. So is home. Yeah, thank you. Most beautiful words I've ever heard. Um, Lizzie, can you tell us a little bit about, you know, the long title I read? It seems like it encompasses one or two things. So can you tell us what falls under your umbrella at work on a daily basis? Yeah, definitely. So um, in short, it, it's kind of everything on the internet, right? Uh, so my team at the USL uh, is about 25% of the company, but it's the social media team, the graphics and video creation production team. It's our website and app service team along with our, our data strategy people as well. So a uh, large focus on doing those things for the league and then alongside helping our clubs be better in those areas. And then on top of that, uh, I work in emerging technology. So identifying new tech platforms for stadiums for ourselves uh, to help scale content and different processes. And then the strategy part is, is planning our long-term vision for the company, where we want to be by the World Cup in 2026 and where we want to be five years after that, right? We're, we're only a 10-year-old league, so we're still a, a bit of a baby in, in that sense compared to other leagues. So we got to really like start charting our course for the future. So in my spare time, I do that. And then also sports betting strategy for the league is my, my spare time job. What does that look like, sports betting? Because that's something, as an athlete, you know, fantasy, sports betting, I'm not a guy that gambles. Like, when I go to Vegas, like, I'm, I'm maybe $100 and that's it because I yeah. know I'll keep going. So I kind of stay out, but I realize I need to grow in that area. So what is that area like? Yeah, it's interesting. And um, it's only been legal for about two years in the U.S., but it's different in every state and it's not legal everywhere. So my job at the league is, because we've got almost 50 pro teams in, over 30, probably 40 different states, um, is understanding the, the legal landscape in every state and what teams can and can't do, 
what sports books and, and venues and athletes can and can't do in each state to kind of help clubs optimize or be poised for, for revenue opportunities. So there's like video uh, rights or media rights tied to sports betting. There's data rights, right? That you've got this uh, this fast integrity data that, that powers the sports books and their odds when you bet on them. And then there's like the uh, the integrity side, right? The making sure that your game isn't corrupt, that players aren't sharing insider information about injuries. And you've seen a lot of that kind of come up in the Premier League and in the NFL this, this year, last year where, you know, people have just shared like, oh, this player is getting transferred over here. Well, people place money on that sort of stuff. So now you're breaking sports betting rules. So I also kind of shore up our competition to make sure there isn't cheating, match fixing, um, you know, anything kind of that would want someone to stop betting on the USL. And what can fans bet on when it comes to USL games? And then what are the most common ways that people place their bets? Yep. Good question. So uh, right now, for the most part in the US, uh, you can bet in the US only about 16 out of the 20 states. Um, typically, you'll find us in online sports books. Uh, so, you know, you can download like the FanDuel or DraftKings app and you can go find a USL game in there when we're on season. And it's typically right now the surface level bets of like who will win, who will lose, like what's the final outcome, right? Uh, we're not at a place right now where prop bets are offered, which are games that happen, sorry, bets that happen within the game. Uh, but that's where we would like to get to because there's just more engagement around the sport at that point. Lizzie, do you bet at all? I don't. And actually, because I work at a professional um, sports league, I'm not allowed to bet on soccer at all in, in any way. I can't play daily fantasy for money on soccer. Um, I can't run, actually. A good story. Uh, I, you know how you do like um, brackets, right? For like March Madness and everything. So I put together um, a FIFA World Cup bracket with one of my guys that was new. And we put together and everyone was going to put a dollar in, right? So you got like 30 people. It's a $30 pop, not a big deal. We'll do this World Cup tournament. Um, I got a note from our like operations guy saying like, don't do this. It's not allowed. But he's really snarky and very like ops people are kind of uptight sometimes, right? They're very like by the books. I'm like, oh, he's just kidding. Like this doesn't matter. So we kept going and we kept going. We took everyone's money, started the World Cup and then kind of got in a little bit of trouble because the FIFA rules, like the soccer governing body of the world, doesn't allow you to place bets on soccer at all because like me as a person digital could have influence on a game in Bulgaria. Or, or something along those lines. So we had to like shut down our bracket, give everyone their dollar back. Uh, but yeah, we're not allowed to touch it at all. I do bet on um, NFL, NBA, just to kind of learn the system, but I'm not the the avid gambler, if that makes sense. Yeah, like if we were to bet, for me, if I were to start doing it on the NFL or NBA, mm-hmm. like what do you suggest? Like what do I jump into first to like get going? Or what, what's safe and like, for me, you know, I have a chance to work at the NFL. So it's like, okay, can I do fantasy? Can I gamble? So like, how does someone like me who knows that, that there's entities kind of put setting boundaries on me, how do I do it safely? It's a great question. So I just came across a new tool this morning called uh, SBD, uh, I think it's called SBD Sports. I'm going to quote the wrong website now, but it's essentially, uh, it's called like Sports Betting Daily. And you can go in there and they give you like $500 a week of virtual cash for free. And they walk you through how to bet, right? So they understand that like the uh, sports betting audience in the US is very immature. In England, like I placed my first sports bet when I was six years old. I'm sorry, what? Wait a minute. Is there no age limit? There is, but it was the 90s and your grandmother would give you like five pounds and a piece of paper and then you would run to the bookmaker or, you know, you would do like a, a pick'em in the pub 
like every Saturday there'd be a pick'em. So yeah, we we would just go do that. You know what I mean? And I remember. I mean, like, the sports bookie didn't say, "Shouldn't you be in kindergarten?" They just took no, your money. No, they because they knew like who was sending them with the money. You know what I mean? They'd be like, "All right, we're sending our Lizzie down in a few hours to go to go put a bet on," and and that's what you did, and that was the culture, right? And so I've been around it for a long time in my life, and um, Americans are still kind of getting socialized to the idea. So yeah, we try and the- wait until we're like at least ten years old, so maybe well, you know, I mean, some boundaries, but <laughs> yeah. So is that still going on in England, like in like the place where you grew up? That's still the culture. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe not like at six. Right. Um, but, but yeah, there, there are still people, you know, I, I think in England, like we just not, we mature a little bit earlier, but we're forced to mature a little bit earlier because our age limits for, for things are different than America. Like in America, you have to be 21 to drink and in England it's 18, but obviously everybody starts like five years before the legal age, if that makes sense. So you, you kind of just get a head jump on things. Um, in England, you, you have to leave high school at 16. That's it. You're done. And then you go get a job, you go learn a trade or you go to junior college and get credits to go to university. So you're just forced to to get grow up a little bit quicker. If that makes like you're sense. an adult by the time you're 12 years old. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, like going out, hanging out with friends who would drink on the basketball courts at age 13, you know, and, and people like buying cigarettes at age 14. And, you know, I mean, like that was just that's the the culture. We we just are forced to break those boundaries a little bit younger because they're so low anyway. So with your, go ahead, Cam. And I was going to say as an athlete growing up in England and athletes growing up in the States, like what's the difference, right? Like, since for me growing up as an athlete in the States, my mom was super strict. Like I was in the house, didn't drink nothing like that until I got to college. So what was that, that uh, culture shock like when you got to the States and the difference between the athletes? Yeah, it was hard. My parents are very much like, I, I don't care what you do as long as you're honest about it. And I was like, okay. And we're honest and had honest conversations early on. Uh, and so got the, the drinking out of the way as a, as a, a, a mid-level teenager, you know, I mean, kind of did all those things. So I came to America at 18 and you couldn't drink, but I'd been going to nightclubs for four years at that point. You know what I mean? Like I, I'd been living that life. Um, it was It was hard. And then to be around Americans that were like, yeah, let's go get wasted and party and go hard. You know what I mean? But I was like, I've, I've done that already. So I think I was like this, this difficult alignment of um, trying to like socially integrate, but not like get completely trashed. You know what I mean? And just like, that's not what I'm into. Uh, but it was hard because you, you, I was an adult, you know, on a seven hour plane ride ago. And now I'm not, you know, now I can't do these certain different things. So it, it, it was hard in, in that respect to, to get used to it. Yeah, I think, you know, people, like you said, maturity, you mature fast. I had a chance to go to Australia. We were at a a night spot and like they were passing out waters. You know what I mean? Like waters to everybody there. They wanted to make sure that you get home safe and say, hey, like you don't have to get trash to have fun. Like just do your thing, have fun and then go home and be safe. But like you said, here in America, go hard and then like just flat out done for the rest of the week. So, yeah. Yeah. So that was a big shock. And now. Now that you're a mom and you have your own kids and, and you're from England and your wife, right, is from mm-hmm. the U.S., how do you think, which, which system will you use to raise your, your kids or will it be a combination? I think it'll probably be the U.S. system because I, I can't imagine, like, my, my daughter coming to me at, like, age 14, like, hey, I want to go to this nightclub. You know what I mean? Like, they'd be like, absolutely not. <laughs> like, I'm, um, I just can't imagine allowing it. Like, there will be that approach of, like, hey, like, I do care what you're doing, but I want you to talk about it first, right? Like 
not gonna be able to stop them doing everything and control every little thing. I think that's probably worse and they'll, they'll lash out and do more things I don't want them to do, but I can't imagine doing that. But again, the times will be different, right? Like I'll be like 20, 30 by the time she's 14. And this was the year 2000 when I was 14. So um, kind of got to account for that, that time change and how like technology is very different and, and how they're, they're just growing up very different than, than I did. Wow, interesting. And how, how, just out of curiosity, has the pandemic affected trying to raise kids during these times? And then also, you know, with, you know, have working for a sports league and trying to have games go on? Yeah, good question. So like the, the raising kids part's been a, a challenge because you've been working from home, right? And these four walls have never been smaller. <laughs> right? Like everyone's got their own room and yet still like there's not enough space. But uh, my son is two years old. So he, uh, we pulled him out of daycare. Uh, and then my daughter uh, was in daycare at the time in VPK. Uh, and now she's in school full time. So we got a little bit of space and relief when she started school in August. But still, it, we've been very cautious in our bubble and, and not done restaurants and, and not gone to events. So um, it's it's been a hard time, but we've got the pool, we've got the garden. So we, we send them out to go run, we go run them for like an hour a day, <laughs> like get the energy out. Um, but it's a weird time to raise kids because like my, my son is too, isn't socialized. Like he's never been to restaurants as much as our daughter had. So he doesn't know how to behave. And my daughter's never been to school before. So she thinks she has to wear a mask all day. Uh, so these like expectations that are getting setting where they've lost like over a year of their life that are really key to development. So we're trying to do some play dates and do like Zoom calls with her five-year-old friends, you know what I mean, that, that live in the same town. But it's been a bit of a challenge. And then when it, when it comes to sports, I mean, it's it's been brutal, right? Like I don't think there's another way to put it. Um, so it's been really like flexible. We've had games postponed or canceled at the last minute or you know um we've had to really rely on our players to be responsible and follow protocols and guidelines and, and that's been a challenge this year so we've we've had to change the way we, we do everything really to to kind of pull off the season and did you guys have layoffs at the usl or furloughs or were you able to keep everyone we did furloughs we were really grateful to keep everyone um so we furloughed 30 percent of our staff in um the end of April, and then we returned everyone gradually, but the final people were in by November 1st. So so no cuts. Some people chose not to return. They, they pursued other careers, but uh, you know, we we did some other things like um, they, they stopped the 401k match. They just paused that and said like, hey, we want to pay everyone their full salary, so we're going to stop in other areas. And they've actually come back and said like, hey, we're going to absorb the, uh, the increase in health insurance for you all next year because it goes up like 10 to 15 percent every year so like hey we're going to take that on for you so they've, they've done really well they've been very responsible and, and cautious which really grateful for you see like the lightning and, and major league soccer and other leagues are, are making hard cuts still in, in before christmas so i'm really grateful to to be at the usl for that yeah and also too just like how has your job changed right since you're working from home and you oversee a lot of things it sounds like so how do you manage that with the family? Like, how do you, how do you do it? Yeah, the family is like setting boundaries. Like this is my space and this is where I'm going to be. But to be in this one room all day and every day is kind of a challenge. So like getting out and walking outside or, or going into the office once a week to kind of get through um, has been big, right? But and just have the support of my wife to be like, you know, 
why do you need because there's no transition anymore I used to drive like 25 miles to work and that was like an hour of time I could you know get into game mode and listen to an audiobook and and get prepped for the day and then I get an hour on the way home to to unwind and right now you go from that I'm gonna get you ready for breakfast I'm gonna do your hair for school you're gonna get dressed I'm gonna pack your lunch straight into conference calls all day and then you come back out of it and the kids want you right away again so there's there's no transition time uh, right now. So it's been hard to like build that in at like the back end of my day and, and make it work, but it's, it's definitely been a challenge, but no different to I'm sure a lot of people. Are there any tips or tricks that you've, you know, discovered during this time that have helped do self-care for you and, and made those days a little easier? Scheduling it in, right? Like making it a priority if you don't have it on your calendar. And if it's just like 30 minutes at the end of the day for me to watch like hoarders or something like random like that on tv uh and taking breaks throughout the day like just even like going and sitting with my my son and wife for lunch you know i mean even if i'm not eating like go and sitting with them while they're sitting and and walking away because again having that home office you're a little bit more compelled to to keep going and so i think that would be be the big one for me is uh stepping away in whatever way you can and how much of the season was lost for you guys? And, and what do you think um, in terms of fans that people will see moving forward because of the pandemic until things are back to quote unquote normal? Yeah, I think we lost about 400 games between both pro leagues. So uh, we would normally have 800 games, like 600 with, with the large league and 150 or so with the smaller league. And we ended up all in all about 400 uh, just because we we lost time, you know what I mean? We didn't start till July. We were one of the first leagues in the country. We were the first league in the country to play games in our home stadium with fans um, to, to, and got in as many games as possible. But yeah, we lost 400 games, which is like 400. It's like half of your content. You know what I mean? When you talk about like engagement and what fans care about, uh, that was just kind of taken away. So we had to we had to do a lot of things to kind of get creative and activate sponsors and, and make good on partnerships to kind of keep the, the engagement going, if you know what I mean. I think for fans, like, we want to come back as soon as possible, but it's got to be safe and it's got to be when they're ready. So now we're, we're looking at this vaccine, right? And when is that going to be wild, widely available? Um, and, and what do we do um, optically when our athletes are going to maybe get vaccines before other people, right? And you saw this with like the NBA, right? Getting all these tests way ahead of the general public. And I think there is, there are things that, that we're just going to need to manage on that front. But uh, we, we, you know, we intend to fully be back next year, which I'm excited about, but we're, we're still figuring out what it looks like. I think a lot of things can happen between now and February that will give us a clearer picture, you know, as just being patient and, and biding your time a little bit. And that's really interesting. You mentioned the optics and Cam, you can jump in, you know, right after, but I think a, a lot of people are talking about it, but I've never heard anyone yet to this point mention, you know, how to manage that whole process and to recognize that that doesn't make the general public feel great. I don't know if Cam was going there or not. Did you have something? Okay, no, I'll go. Yeah, I think it's 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 the delicate line to to walk, right? And uh, I think sports serve a really important purpose in people's lives. You know, what I mean, they they are this it's positive vibe, lightning moment, right? And we want to bring that to people, but we want to also like be respectful and understand that like health and safety comes first, right? And and the the pandemic is is bigger than than sports, right? But we want to be that that shining light for our local communities where we can. And I know like you, I saw some of your background, digital and tech, that's like some of your specialty. So how have you kind of 
seeing things evolve now since like COVID started, right? A lot of people are gaming more, right? Like uh, I'm sure some of your players are gaming more. So, and their families are, what does that look like now? The digital side of things. It's definitely changed things in a lot of areas, right? So you've seen like the NBA and uh, bringing like like the the Zoom fans, right? And you've seen like the NFL bringing like uh, fan audio. Like you've seen technology really change like the game experience to kind of accommodate it. I think that that stuff's all temporary though, right? Once a stadium's full of fans, you're not going to need that those technologies come in place. Um, I think it's really forced people to be creative. Like you know, you see companies like. Um, Uber and Pinterest and, um, you know, I'm trying to think of like other, other companies, Airbnb, right? Those companies came about in like 2008 through t- 2010 when there was this recession. And it, these, uh, these hard economic times and social, social economic times are difficult. They, they create like diamonds, right? There's so much pressure that you get these good things that come out of it. So I think, again, uh, this will bring new things for technology and force people to be a lot more creative and, uh, we've seen on like sports betting, right? Like the the records for sports betting revenues right now because people are at home and have to and want to participate in sports and engage, and so that's what they're doing with their money. They've got this extra cash because they can't cut a games, so they're they're putting it elsewhere in sports. I love that diamond diamond analogy. I think that's like just such a beautiful way of looking at things and and a really good point that we don't know yet all that's going to come from this whole experience. And while there's been a lot of bad, there's also going to be a lot of good and and we just don't know how it's all going to net out yet. Totally right. So you think of like health tech, right? And finance tech are like what good will come out of health technology because of how we're going to have to distribute this vaccine, right? And and what it took to scale out the production of it and to even just get it to a, a trial period where it was good enough, right? Like that, those systems are now established. So the next time this happens, because something like this will happen again, unfortunately, we're a little bit more sharper, right? We're a little bit more prepared. So I think, you know, silver lining there for that. You're so wise, Lizzie. Trying, you know. <laughs> and I think, you know, most most importantly, you know, my question is, are, are my favorite mascots going to be back? And for Cam, who probably doesn't know this, the Las Vegas team in the USL um, has two real live llamas as their mascots, Dolly and Dottie. And I think it is the funniest thing I've ever heard. Like they just trot onto the field. I mean, they are such stars of the show. And very kindly last year, Lizzie got me two replicas of Dolly and Dottie that I now have on my table because it's been a life goal for me to go to a game there to be able to see these llamas in action. Because can you imagine you're at a Bucks game and you run out of the tunnel and then two llamas follow you? Lizzie, what's your favorite llama story? I mean, I got to hear this. That sounds amazing. So, you know, I've never seen them in person. Um, they, they're they real, right? I have heard that they, they've defecated on the field once before a match. <laughs> um, I, I had heard a rumor that one of them maybe passed away, so maybe they got replaced with, like, a stunt double. Uh, but, yeah, they're, they're totally a part of this, like, pre-game Vegas kind of vibe that the club has. So that, that club's really interesting. They drop, like a thousand dollars of cash out of a helicopter before games right and they let fans on field so they, they've really like been the most vegas they can be and part of that was you know wild animals you know <laughs> on the stadium in jerseys in every team picture before the match um it's pretty incredible they're, they're very different now you see why i'm obsessed yeah they're, they're that's awesome they better like, out, i mean they better come out of this pandemic <laughs> yeah, they, i haven't yeah. seen this year to be honest so i gotta check back in on them 
Wow. Yeah, the XFL, they did some cool stuff, too, kind of like that. So that's kind of cool to see different leagues trying stuff like that. So, wow. Two llamas, man. <laughs> yeah, right. Like double your fun. Well, Lizzie, we love you very, very much. We are so grateful that you took the time in the midst of all the chaos and work and family you have going on to, to join us today. I have been looking forward to this moment for so long, and there's so many wonderful tidbits that you left us and the listeners with before we wrap up anything else that you want to add or that we didn't ask that you want to make sure gets in the podcast Ooh, i wasn't prepared for that question no i just like it's been great like you guys are the energy captains like i wish i like you guys are like a 10 all day and like i'm normally like a four or five so i like bring my game but i appreciate you guys and cameron was great to meet you whitney i miss your face i know um, <laughs> just doesn't do it i can't wait till we can all hug again in 2021 never you know (laughs) one thing i want to add before we wrap up you know none of us can do life alone and especially the sports industry is so hard and you know women are even more difficult it's it's really hard to find people who support you and make things happen and open doors and cam in my business you know i always say that you are my champion lizzie you are you know, the other person who really I I think about who's just been so supportive. Anytime I need something, you are there. You are such, you are both such incredible advocates for women, especially in the sports industry. And personally, my life has changed so much, um, you know, in in such a positive way. And I I think that I, so many opportunities wouldn't have been possible without both of you. I might cry. This sunlight blocking you. I might. Issues. (laughs) Much love, Lizzie. I mean, Winnie, sorry. No, thank you. That was really kind. No, it really, I, I want you both to know that the people you are has, has really meant so much to me. And, and Lizzie, especially being a, a woman in the sports world, there's just not a lot of you out there where it's someone you can come to and who just, you're your team and you're already taking care of so many people and you've included me in that. And you've gone so out of your way to always make time for me and, and for someone who is doing so much, like it's, it's really meant the world. And, you know, you both are the true definition of a leader. Wow, so many. I'm not going to get you some flowers for Christmas or something. I mean, something. I need to get on my Christmas card list. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Wendy. Thank you, Lizzie. No, thank you. It was a pleasure talking to you both and happy holidays. And I appreciate the opportunity to come in and speak with you both. And one day we'll do this in person down the road. Post-pandemic, we'll have a a reunion Energy Captains podcast episode. And bring the llamas. Bring the llamas. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, y'all. See you soon. Bye. Take care.